0: 30 years ago, Sheffield Wednesday won their last major honour, the 1991 victory in the League Cup. And they've not been in the top flight since the end of the 20th century. Almost five years ago, they were one game away from returning to the Premier League. What followed was this. Diame, Chancery, Wembley, Carlos, Huddersfield, United, Resurgence and Yoss. Bruce, finance, minus 12, six the EFL had to restore. COVID, Monk, Pulis, Thompson, and now Darren Moore. From being 90 minutes away from the top tier, now they sit 90 minutes away from being relegated to the third. With 45 games gone, the Owls are three points from safety and the team they play. As final days go in the championship, the script for this couldn't have been written better. Derby County versus Sheffield Wednesday. On Survival Saturday, the winner most certainly takes it all. This is what happened on a grey day in May.
1: This is the city that started it all. It's a beautiful day. Sky falls your feet. He's going to unleash one. Oh! Sheffield Wednesday, celebrate!
2: You do not leave that man unmarked in the box. Sheffield United have the lead. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is
0: Shoe Football Forum. A very good evening to you, welcome along to a colossal edition of Football Forum here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. Joseph Hadfield here and Josh Chapman and Connor Thorpe provide the analysis as always. Evening, fellas.
3: Good evening. Evening.
0: It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the big talking points from across British football as well. So here's what's to come this evening. All or nothing, a win for Wednesday, travelling to Derby or they're down and out. Could United break through the glass ceiling of the Palace and hit 20 points? The Eagles visited the lane. Rotherham needed to trump the Owls and the Rams to escape the drop themselves. Barnsley tussling for fifth in the playoffs, and Chesterfield looking to keep amongst the playoff pack. Chappers has an all-important local roundup for us. In the top stories, harking back to series one, league titles, playoff places, and relegations all to be confirmed across three divisions. We sign off the regular EFL season. We also turn our attention to the playoff first legs with a few old favorites returning to the fold. And United head to Goodison to face Everton. And there's four more games for us to predict, including the FA Cup final. It can only be unpredictable.
3: On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Shoe Football Forum.
0: We are still Sheffield Howams number one football show. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So thanks for joining us on this critical evening on Football Forum. Great to have your company. So the quiz question we will come to shortly. But first, we have to start on Saturday in the Championship. Four, uh, yes, three into four doesn't go. So three had to go. And uh, it was a straight fight between Wickham, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday and Derby. And Rotherham, who had that one point um, in midweek against Luton, meant they needed a win themselves if they were to stand any chance of survival. Let's find out how they got on at Cardiff. Adam Oxley is your commentator.
2: Parting with a crossing to the air. is a good ball as well, but it was just beyond Smith. It's going to be cleared out for a shot. Yes! Oh, no! What a stunning stunning goal that is from Lewis Wing, Rotherham United need to win today, to stay in the Championship, and with 8 minutes on the clock, it's Cardiff City nil, Rotherham United oh. 1 all into the area, Woods there, it's going to come down to Ojo on the edge of the area, Pike will come up and strike, it's oh, deflected no! and in it's deflected and in from Marlon Pike and no. that could be the goal to break Rotherham United hearts the minutes are ticking away here in South Wales, it goes beyond Blackman and Rotherham United need to rouse themselves to find another goal or it's their south yorkshire neighbour sheffield wednesday who may well survive on the final day what drama here
0: cardiff city 1 rotherham united 1 the millers at the moment heading for league 1 so 1-1 it finished there and with rotherham down and wickham only managing a 3-0 victory and they needed 13 against bournemouth it was a straight shootout between derby and wednesday Whoever won stayed in the championship. And there's only one man to provide the words for this one, and that's, of course, Daniel Mann.
1: are both relying on their long throw specialists today, and it's Patterson for Wednesday. who was helped on. Oh, and a great save by Rosen. Put in by Hutchinson. Well, Sheffield Wednesday hopes well and truly ignited here. Here's Lawrence. playing on his right foot. Whackhammer's header. And there is the goal they were looking for, just the response they needed. Martin Wakon comes up with it. And now it's Roberts to pick it up. Oh, that is superb! What a magnificent response! When they needed some inspiration, my goodness, they have found it! Rhodes hopes to get there. Oh, it might break for Patterson. Oh! Presented with the ball by Craig Forsyth. And he has taken full advantage. And Wednesday, back on terms. As Richard's header. Oh. oh, this is extraordinary. It's Burner who's popped up. And Sheffield Wednesday in front again. They are doing everything they can. Oh, with a chance here. Can he take it? Well, what's the decision there? It's a penalty. Emphatic from Martin Wackhorn. Derby at level again. there. Begging the officials for the whistle, and there it goes. Rooney, the rookie manager, has just by the skin of his teeth kept Derby County in the championship. And they are safe, but Sheffield Wednesday, who were one game away from the Premier League five years ago, have been condemned to the third tier. An extraordinary afternoons football. Rotherham for so long looked like they were going to pull off the impossible. But Derby stay up. Sheffield
0: Wednesday and Rotherham go down. So, Derby County against Sheffield Wednesday. Chappers, we've heard what's happened. Can you run us through it?
4: Well, I shall certainly try well. Survival wasn't to be for Sheffield Wednesday, as they could only manage a draw against Derby County on Saturday lunchtime. In what was a truly f- awful first half devoid of any real quality, the Owls actually found themselves going into the break ahead. Sam Hutchinson was an, uh, an unlikely scorer, uh, scorer uh, and he was on hand to stab home from close range after Kelly Roost parried Jordan Roses headed back into danger. However, Derby were level quickly after the break. Martin Waghorn was allowed the freedom of the Wednesday area as he headed home Tom Lawrence's cross from the left-hand side. And one soon became two for the home side minutes later when rolls were reversed. Wycorn chested down for Lawrence to smash one into the top corner from 20 yards. Wednesday did find their way back in through Callum Patterson Patterson, after he took advantage uh, of a loose ball uh, from Craig Forsyth, eight yards down. And yet more poor Derby defending allowed the Owls to turn the game on its head. Julian Borner couldn't miss as he headed in from Dunkley's back post header back across the face of goal. However, Wednesday created their own problems yet again and Dunkley turned villain as he brought down Kamar Yushriak clumsily in the 18-yard box. Wagon stepped up and nailed one into the top corner to level things up. 3-3, it finished. And that result means that Derby stay up after Rotherham ended up not holding on to their three points. Derby stay up. Sheffield Wednesday are sadly... Down, confirmed into League One football next season. And here is what Darren Moore had to say.
5: Yeah, obviously um, disappointed, um, disappointed um, for us all here at Connect at the Football Club. Um, but it's something that's really hard to take now, and uh, the players um, all feel really. Um, a little bit low, as you can imagine but I said to them this we came here today and I needed to leave everything on the pitch and have left everything on the pitch I thought it was a pulsating game I saw it ebbed and flowed either way and um, credit to the players because you've got to feel the emotion what they're under out there and um, and they gave everything it just weren't quite enough in the end and um, we faced the reality what, what it is what it is and, uh, and as I said you know we've got, I've got one head on me today and then tomorrow morning when I get up I've got another head on me. Uh, in terms of um, moving this place forward.
4: Darren Moore there talking after his sides. Three-all draw against Derby County, a game that confirmed relegation for the Owls. Um, And, Connor, it wasn't to be for Sheffield Wednesday, was it? What were your thoughts on the game on, on Saturday?
3: Well, yeah, like you said, first half was very disappointing, wasn't it? And it just felt like both teams were playing within themselves, not playing the game and playing the occasion. Really nervy, hiding. Um, completely different in the second half. You know, it, it was the other, other side of that coin. You know, you sometimes get these games where, you know, everything's on the line and they're thrilling because both teams are throwing everything at it. And you sometimes get these games where it's the complete opposite. Uh, and in the second half, both teams are throwing everything at each other. Both teams created chances. Um, I, I felt we probably created slightly the better chances. There's no doubt that Derby had spells within that second half when they actually went in front that you know they were on top and that goal was coming, but we managed to wrestle back control, take the lead from a losing position, which is the first time we managed to do that all season. Um and then we concede the penalty. And it's it's um it's it's frustrating because there's no doubt that under Darren Moore we've created chances a lot better. And as we against Derby again we showed it. We showed it there, but it's the individual errors that are costing us and have cost us all season. Really, it's either been a lack of creativity, um, not taking your chances, or individual errors. It's always one of those three things that tends to cost us. And um, the creativity was there. The, the clinical finishing was there, and uh, unfortunately, individual error to to cost us. The game, uh, and I, won't, I don't want to say cost us staying up because it's a 46-game season and other things have obviously cost us throughout. Um, but, yeah, disappointing it. I think it made it a bit easier because Cardiff were losing at that point and Derby scored before Cardiff did. If Cardiff had, had just scored and then we were safe and then Derby had just scored straight away again, it would have been a lot tougher to take. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my take on the game.
4: And, you know... Like you said, there, Conor, it's a it's a 46 game season. You, you dunkley makes a mistake for the penalty uh, late on, but it's a 46 game season. If you if you take the season as as a whole, um, as an entity, where you know where's it gone wrong this season for Wednesday? Well,
3: everywhere. Obviously, from the 12 point deduction to bad signs. players not being as good as we thought they'd be. People like Marriott and Brown, and well, I never thought Kachunga were going to be that good anyway, to be honest, but people like that who've basically replacing decent players who maybe weren't at it in the heads anymore, uh, but replacing them with worse players. And the mental fragility that was within the squad last season has stayed, uh, possibly even got worse. And there's, you know, there's everybody knows who I blame more than anybody for this relegation, and that's chan And It's not just been issues this season. It's been a slow and steady decline, really, from 2017. You know, mistake after mistake bad signing after bad signing spending money on <coughs> on poor players or spending money on players that were the wrong age of 27 28 who would go on to have no resale value who would get injured all the time and be on big wages I mean how many players have we bought and who've let the contracts run down Jordan Rose is going to be one that's 10 million contract run down Almanabdi 4 million contract run down you know, there's Adam Reach, 5 million contract rundown. These are all mistakes that have led to this point where we've had to cut finances, we've had to cut wages, and we've been punished by the EFL. Um, and we've continued to cut the squad and cut wages. And that's what you get left with, isn't it? That's what you get left with when there's no forward planning. Um, and you're having to cut wages all the time to try and balance the books, to try and stay within the rules and not get a points deduction, you're going to be less uh, left with with worse quality players. And then there's also mistakes like giving Gary Monk too much time. I think he should have been sacked last season. Um, I think you two will probably know that I, would, I was one of the more patient fans with Gary Monk, actually, but he definitely got to a point last season, probably during Project Restart, where I felt he needed to go. Uh, but then trusting him to bring his own players in was a mistake. Um, hiring Tony Pulis was a, a mistake, and ten, like those 10 games could really cost us, you know, to only go down by three points. It was those 10 games under Pulis where we were just so, so dire. And under Moore, you can argue his points return hasn't been great, but the sign of there's signs of progressive football there and signs of much better performances. And maybe if he'd have had that extra 10 games, instill his, his style into the players maybe would have started to see results turn i really do think we would have done so it's just mistake after mistake and this club has been run like a circus for way too long now and it's only going to be it's only going to continue going one way with this absolute clown in charge.
4: I think I think you're absolutely right um I think Gary Monk went far too late and uh, I think everybody at Sheffield Wednesday knew or you know fans knew that his time had come, you know, at the end of last season. And I think it's just another example of series shocking mismanagement of, of the club, really, because, you know, to allow a manager who had such a shocking return last season to especially well in the second half of the season, obviously first half of the season you were you were going great guns, but second half of the season was just absolutely appalling. And to to give him a chance to to bring more players in, you know, bring his own players in and try and Implant his philosophy when really everybody need, everybody saw he needed to go and he needed a fresh change of direction. Um, I think that really is what killed you in keeping him on. Um,
3: but Yeah, I, th- I think in the interest of fairness to Gary Monk, we should also mention that the points deduction, it makes it so hard to recruit players. And although we can say his recruitment was bad, that can't have helped. Being on minus 12 points, how do you sell a club that's on minus 12 points? And we should give that to him in fairness. That's... Another thing, and we sit here and say this, but we would have stayed up if if it wasn't for the points deduction, albeit with 47 points, which is still enough to go down in quite a few seasons. So, yeah, keeping Gary Monk for that long was a mistake, no doubt. But we should mention that there were other factors at play, probably bigger than Gary Monk, that caused it as well.
4: Yeah, of course in terms of where wednesday go from here you know what what are the next steps preparing for a life in league 1 league 1 is not notoriously a difficult league to get out of because there's there's just so many teams in it that can just pull a result out of you and will just sit behind the ball and make life difficult for a so-called big team such as sheffield wednesday you know where where do where do wednesday go now what needs to happen for you know uh, a positive season next season I know exactly okay. what you're going to say, first of all. I can tell you exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> is it something to do
3: with players going out?
4: No, no. Well, well that is one of the things. Oh, but... Well,
3: chairman going out, yeah, but that's yeah. not as easy to do, is it? Well, it's no, not exactly. Easy to get a new chairman as it is to <laughs> get new is players out, out of contract. Yeah, yeah exactly. obviously, you know my thoughts on Chan I don't think it's much of a realistic proposition that he's going to sell the club because A, he wants 160 million for it, which he's never going to get. B, in fairness, we are in a pandemic and it is quite difficult to, to see who would stump up the cash for it. And you kind of... We're stuck between a rock and a an hard place as Wednesday fans because chan Siri is keeping us afloat at the minute because we've not got any income because of COVID. But, you know, if he carries on putting money into the club, I just feel like it's just going to get worse and worse under him because it's it's an absolute rudderless ship, as they say. Uh Sinking ship going nowhere with a with a captain who doesn't know how to sail basically, um, and that's what it feels like as a Wednesday fan. But I think players need to go out, no doubt about that. There's probably five I'd keep. I Think I decided one of them is Sam Hutchinson, which may surprise people, um, just because I think he's in terms of how Darren Moore's going to try and play next season. I think it's going to be playing out from the back and playing through midfield, and I think Hutchinson at centre-back, is very capable of being in, playing in that system. So you'd only
4: keep five players out of the entire squad that Wednesday have got at the moment?
3: Uh, well, no, out of the contract of players.
4: Oh, uh, sorry, out session. of contract uh, players. So obviously, uh, I'd, right. I'd, I'd keep
3: the likes of Bannon if we can. I'd keep mm-hmm. Patterson. Um, but Um And I'd keep Windass if we can, but I think we're probably going to have to sell him. But in terms of the out of contract players, I think it was five that I came up with, and origi is one of them, and Alex Hunt's one of them. So that two of them are young players. Who else was it? Um can't remember off the top of my head because there's there's just so many out of contract. Um but yeah, there needs to be a massive clear out in terms of quality, in terms of like in terms of the culture at the club, it just needs a massive overhaul. And that's the issue again, is that we said this last season the squad got even worse. We need to try and replace them with, and it is, I mean the squad's not going to get any better, I don't think, but it needs to be it needs to be able to get, you know, amount of promotion, challenge in League One. And that's obviously a different sort of standard that you require in the Championship. Um, but I suppose if you're at the top end of League One, there's not much of a difference between the bottom of the Championship and top end of League One, I don't feel so. I think it's, I would suggest going for players that are 25 and under, because I want us to build a young squad that for the long-term future... Will be able to get us into the championship and then vitally keep us in the championship. And I think you can do that by recruiting young players that might not necessarily be at the level yet to get you out of League One. But if you give them a couple of seasons, you show a bit of patience, and they develop, they can hopefully take you out of the out of the division. Um, and and you can sell them on as well if for whatever reason they don't become part of the first team or they become too good for you, you can sell them on and reinvest. And that's what the Wednesday model needs to be about now. We can't be signing players that are sort of... I mean, I'm not saying sign nobody who's who's over 25, because you you do need a bit of experience in there and a bit of proven quality wouldn't go amiss at all. But I think if a big bulk of our players, sort of under 25 players... Maybe players that have been released by Premier League clubs, players that have shone in League Two, maybe the bottom half of League One, those sorts of teams. You can bring them in um, and hopefully their career can carry on an upwards trend and, and can get Wednesday back on an upwards trend because, you know, it's been a sinking ship for too long and it just needs a completely different sort of recruitment policy that needs to be consistent throughout the club now and maybe a consistent style of play as well, which I'm sure Darren Moore will try and implement. And That's the, that's the start of it. But you just, with Wednesday, it's just, we could finish between first and 24th next season. I won't be surprised because we don't know how much money we're going to have to spend. We don't know what calibre of play we're going to be able to bring in. You know, could we, could we be stuck with everyone from the Academy like Wigan were? I mean, what, what is the financial situation like at Wednesday? Because, all right, we've paid money for Darren Moore compensation. We've, we spent things last summer. But we've also failed to pay our players three times last season. So that's another thing that's worrying. It's just all so up in the air. And we just have no idea where it's going to go. And that squad, there's going to be a hell of a lot of changes. So it, it's going to need time to gel, obviously. Um, and, and it's just so uncertain I can't give you any prediction for next season
0: well you don't have to worry about that because that <laughs> won't come for a while yeah. if that does happen
3: it will in uh, August
0: it's funny you should actually say that uh, in terms of you, you're you going to finish somewhere between first and 24th because unless there's some radical changes you well, are going to finish somewhere between well yeah first that's and 24th. that's true
3: but usually you know you could say oh I think we'll finish top 10 and if we don't I'll be surprised. I think you can probably say that about United next season hmm. because you know that there's going to be some sort of consistency there. You know that United are on a sound financial footing, whereas Wednesday, there's so many out-of-contract players. There's so much surgery that needs to do into that squad and we don't know how much money we're going to have to do it. So that's the issue I have.
0: Yeah, I do get your point. Um, but <laughs> I think the one thing that we can take from this is that Dapon chan and I've said this numerous times and i said this, um, once the final whistle had blown last Saturday, is Dapon Chen Siri has got blue blood on his hands, frankly, with the running of that football club. Because there is no way that a club as big and with the history of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club be relegated to the third tier. I mean, the fact that it was between Derby and Sheffield Wednesday se- says it all, really. Two uh, very badly run clubs, but
3: two... Historic clubs. Yeah, Hit the about.
0: nail on the head. And uh, here on Football Forum, uh, we've got... Uh, it's funny that we mention it being between Derby and Sheffield Wednesday because we can get some Derby County perspective um, to this now because uh, one of the people that saved our bacon when we moved to Spotify is uh, Kukumara's bassist, Dan McGrath. He was on the show uh, back at the end of Series 1 when Derby were were 90 minutes away from the Premier League themselves and uh, two seasons later, they've just saved themselves uh, from relegation to the third tier by the skin of their teeth. Let's get his reaction to staying in the championship.
6: Oh, it was, again, I think last time I was on was the Leeds game. And that was a very exciting game, you know, that sort of playoff semi-final. And then again, it's sort of drama, but I didn't want any of the drama. I just wanted to <laughs> just wanted to see it through. I think um, we've been very, very lucky to survive. You know, obviously, if Wednesday didn't have the six points deduction, we, we would have been down. Um, and yeah, as I say, we were just really lucky. Good game, to be fair, really entertaining. Um, and I think both teams did, you know, turn up on the day, but... Um, yeah, it sort of summed up our season, really. It's, um, I'm just glad it's over and done with.
0: <laughs> and I was going to say, because I uh, I watched it as well. And uh, one thing I pointed out from it was it was probably one of the most disgusting games of football I've ever witnessed when it comes to defending. I mean, to be fair, both, both Wayne Rooney and Darren Moore will have said to the players at the start and at half time, go and win this, go and attack. And let's be fair, they did attack. But they didn't really defend. Um, and to be fair, realistically, you could have had the ball in the net in the first half, ruled out for offside correctly. But do you think Wednesday were a little bit lucky in, in some of their goals? Because the first, their first and their third, in fact, looked a little bit offside.
6: Yeah, I think I mean the first one, I think when they showed it from another angle, I don't I, as I've seen it, I think our left back is just playing him on, but and then there was a whole thing with the throwing and then the third one again it's VAR could have ruled it out but I think in all honesty throughout the course of Derby season um, we, we've given away soft goals like that you know it wasn't a lot of the goals weren't necessarily against the runner play it was just poorly defended all coming from set pieces and that's been our downfall throughout the whole season and um, I think towards the end of the game in terms of defending I think we brought um, Curtis Davis on who i mean he's been out for the vast majority of the season with a horrific injury but or just kind of managed to just hold Wednesday off for the last 10 minutes um and sort of credit to him for really stepping up to the plate there um but yeah a grant there were close calls really close calls but i think our defending didn't help <laughs> help situations at all
0: it, uh, it it certainly didn't and um now we look at your record and Well, 11 victories, 11 draws, 24 defeats. And in fact, the only two teams in the league that have lost more were Wickham and Rotherham uh, because Wednesday lost one less. Do you think, where where do you think it went wrong? Because obviously Wayne Rooney took charge sort of midway through the season. He was part of that sort of uh, consortium or group um, for, for a couple of games. But ever since Wayne Rooney sort of, took over as full manager rather than being player manager, things haven't gone brilliantly, have they?
6: Not at all. And I think there's obviously that sort of first season syndrome of kind of really trying to get your um, your managerial sort of tactics across. Um, again, there's a lack of investment because of the whole thing with um, sort of the board and the changeover. Um, we've lacked a striker. I think we had Christian Bielik go out just as, we were sort of getting a bit of form um, and you could tell that he was really integral to Rooney's plans going forward and to have him go out with an ACL injury is gutting. But um, we just never seemed to pick up any form and any time that we conceded, heads went down. We were never going to see the game out. I think the last time before, obviously, um, Saturday's game that we managed to pull a game back like that was against Forest and even then it wasn't a good performance. Neither team played well. Um I think should everything go to plan in terms of you know next season going forward and Rooney put forward what's he what he wants to do, I think we should be fine. Um you can tell he's got the ideas there. He just need in my opinion, he just needs that investment and the backing to make sure that he can sort of put his plans into action and take us forward.
0: And like you say, obviously, next season is going to be a big one. Uh, There has been talk uh, from the EFL this morning because the EFL have won their appeal over uh, Derby about the, um, I think it was the FFP, if I'm right in saying, that obviously Wednesday fell foul of um, last season, obviously caused them to get relegated. There was talk that the EFL are wanting to Uh, There's going to be some points deduction. The FL are wanting to apply it this season. So it'd mean you go down and Wickham would stay up. More likely than not, it's probably going to be the start of next season. And actually kind of paints a good contrast for yourselves going into next season based on what's happened with Sheffield Wednesday. Because if it is 12 points, you know that whatever happens sort of upstairs in the boardroom needs to be sorted because you need to get some points and fast.
6: Yeah, definitely. I think if we go into it with the same attitude as this season, we if we get the twelve points deduction, we may as well just write the season off and stick academy lads out there because it's 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 not going to work out. Um, it's a massive worry for Derby fans because I think if you look on a lot of social media platforms and sort of fan groups and forums, they've really there's been no clarity. There's been no discussion with fans about what. The plan is going forward in terms of investment. Um, you know, should we get someone involved? There has to be money put into the club, not just you know on facilities, on you know things for the fans. People just want to see players on the pitch who are going to turn up and do a job. Um, yeah, I think the 12, whether it's a twelve-point deduction or six-point deduction, we know that there's a job to do. Um, which, you know, fingers crossed, fans back in the stadium and sort of an atmosphere that we can help sort of drive that forward. But um, yeah, worrying times, I'd say, because everything is so unclear at the moment with what the next few months will hold for the club and what's, um, what he's got in store.
0: Well, like you say, it is a bit of a worrying time because obviously Eric Alonso at one point was looking to try and buy Sheffield Wednesday off Chan He was in talks to buy Derby County. It's a bit concerning whether he's actually got the funds available. The move could be falling through. And this would be a third potential buyer that falls through in the space of not very long. I mean, how, is it, how has it happened really? Because as, as we said, the last time you were on the programme, you just beaten Leeds, thank God, and got to a, a playoff, sem- a playoff final. You were one game away from the Premier League, and in two seasons, you were one game away from dropping into League One.
6: Yeah, it's it's a massive contrast. I think if you look at the even last season, um, mm. sort of when it got the season got cut short and we had to kind of play it again. There was no real worry there. We were kind of like, oh, we can take this forward. We've been in the playoffs loads of times. 2014, from then on, we, at least from my memory, at least three times been in the playoffs. And there was always that thought of oh, we just need that little bit more, that extra push. And I think there was that financial backing then at the time with a business mindset of by 2019, 2020, we should be in the Premier League, if not seriously knocking on the door. Um, And I think that planners, it's not worked out. You can tell that, I mean, the the current owner, Mel Morris, has pumped loads of money into the club in terms of the academy. Um, I think there was the whole ordeal about, you know, buying the stadium and things like that. But putting that aside, there's the whole, there was a massive feel around the club of, you know who's we're going to get somewhere with this there's a massive trust in the board um and then when we had i think it was about october november time there was a whole thing with the um the potential buyers for liverpool and newcastle who came in and we kind of like oh okay fair enough and it became apparent very quickly that that wasn't going to go through so to go from them to alonso and everything's so up in the air it's um it's very worrying going forward for a lot of fans you know I think as I said earlier the one thing that people want at the minute is just to know that the club is if it gets bought it gets bought if not we've got enough to stay afloat and make sure that we've got enough time to pay players pay the bills off and keep moving forward into next season and
0: obviously, finally, next season, you've had Sheffield Wednesday and uh, fought them off for the championship spot. If the points deduction goes forward next season, you will be staying in the championship and Sheffield United will be returning, which uh, will be quite interesting. Um, how, how do you? What would you see next season as being a success? Obviously, because in the past couple of seasons, as we say, playoff final and then it goes all the way down to, to narrowly scraping survival in the Championship. What will you really class as a success next season disregarding the points deduction?
6: I think as long as it's not a repeat of this season. <laughs> um, if we can make sure that we have a good squad that... Can t- I mean, don't get me wrong, the squad did turn up this year, and I think Saturday showed the potential that they've got to see a game out and sort of get the result needed. But to make sure that we've got enough players to fill a, to fill the gaps where necessary, we're not playing players at position because we haven't really got anyone else to fill in as long as we've got, um, as long as we can get a few wins under our belt and just sort of solidify ourselves for the season to make sure that, okay, we're not under any sort of league pressure. The financial stuff can get sorted out think next year really is going to be a building season will it be instant success i don't think so i think it's going to be this is going to be a bit of a slog for the next couple of seasons but should we be able to make progress um going forwards on and off the pitch that's i think that's all a lot of derby fans can hope for at the moment
0: brilliant stuff well we shall see uh, what happens with derby and who knows they might be playing wednesday next season Again, if uh, if the AFL get their way. Uh, but Dan, it's been great to have you on the programme and uh, thanks for joining us.
6: Thank you very much. Cheers, mate.
0: Huge thank you once again to Dan for joining us. And uh, well, there we are. So for the first time in Sheffield football history, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday, and I, I take no pleasure in this because this is the worst possible outcome, but both Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday have been relegated in the same season. And obviously Sheffield Wednesday have been relegated to League One for next season. So there's no derbies on the way. And funnily enough, Derby could be, play, uh, could be playing League One football themselves if the EFL gets there when uh, applies a points deduction a la Wigan. Um, but we shall see. Um, for now, though, that wraps up Sheffield Wednesday.
2: Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.
0: You're with Football Forum here on uh, this Thursday evening, or whenever it is that you're listening back to us on Catch Up. Much appreciating your company. So Wednesday's done and we're coming on to United in a second. But first, we did promise it. It is quiz question time and it is me this week. I've been uh, saving up for a while. But as the EFL is now done and dusted, um, there are five players in the three EFL divisions, so Championship League One and League Two, that have played all 46 games, not missed a minute. Um, now, I'm not gonna ask you, can you name any of those five players? Because that's gonna be a bit stupid. But what I am gonna ask you for is, can you name any of the five teams that has a player that's played every single minute?
4: So it's five individual clubs yeah. so it's not five like two players five on individual club. clubs
0: and they're outfield players oh, because there's there's about there's about 11 in total but most of them are goalkeepers so I'm looking for the five clubs in the FL that has an outfield player that's played every single minute of the league season in 2020 2021 okay um now I will tell you one is in the championship one is in League One and three are in League Two. So uh, made it a little bit easier for you there, but you're looking for one championship team, one League One side and three League Two sides that has an outfield player that's played every single minute so far this season. And I will give you the answer to those at the end of the show, but uh, we're going to move on to United now. And uh, as you know by now, obviously they're relegated. So uh, there's not much uh, point in dissecting it in too much detail. Uh, United were taking on Crystal Palace at the weekend uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, As soon as the final whistle went to confirm Wednesday's relegation, United kicked off back in S2. Uh, Connor has got a brief overview for us.
3: Yeah, so another defeat for Sheffield United. I mean, this was the absolute epitome of the dead rubber game. Palace have not got anything to play for, and we know that United haven't got anything to play for. United not even having a shot on target against this Palace side, who went in front after two minutes from a Berri- from a Christian Benteke goal, and then made it two 0 two minutes from time with a Berriezig goal, the second time he's scored against United this season. Chappers, just briefly, what were your thoughts on it?
4: Don't worry, I can make it very brief. It was absolutely appalling. <laughs> First half, we were really, really poor. Um... And to be fair, it, it was pretty much a carbon copy of when we played them at uh, Sellers Park. We, we concede early from a goal that is so poor. Honest, oh, it's so bad. You know, just running through the defenders like they're not there. Venteke, who up until not that long ago couldn't score in a, well, you know, um, and we make it easy for him. We gift him a goal and then we don't, we don't look like scoring first half. I thought we grew into the game a little bit second half. I thought we were keeping the ball a little bit better than we were in the first half. But, you know, as you explained fully there, Connor, you know, did absolutely nothing with it. We didn't shoot, we didn't have a shot on target. Um, You know, that says pretty much all you need to uh, know about this Sheffield United performance at the weekend. And then we go and give away another horrendous goal, two minutes from time, John Lundstrom, who I can't wait to get out of the football club because he is, you can just tell he's not bothered anymore. He puts a half-arse challenge in on halfway uh, well, he comes on as a substitute. First of all, doesn't do anything. Sticks a half fast challenge in a halfway, um, and then eze has got the freedom of, of Bramall Lane to wander forward, get to the 18-yard box and pick his spot in the corner. So, well, I, and it, did it take a deflection? I can't remember. It, I, do you know what? I'm not. I'm, I'm so uninterested in the game. I can't Does it remember really how the goal went in. I really, I don't care. Um, it was so bad. And I can't wait for the season to be over. Get a proper manager in, get Heckingbottom out immediately, clear out the players um, and go again next season. Hopefully it's Shikanovic uh, that comes in or, well, anybody decent really, as long as it's not John Terry or Paul Heckingbottom or, well, that's pretty much the extent of people I don't want. Quite like Valerian Ismail, I've said that. But I'd quite like Kanovic to come in. But yeah, get the season over, get a manager in and have a reset for next season. Get rid of a load of players that clearly don't want to be here and aren't good enough uh, and go again. So there's my Sorry summary. I
3: Sorry, I <laughs> must say I didn't pay much attention to this one. Um, I was watching Bolton get promoted and I was also just trying to drown my sorrows after <laughs> Wednesday got relegated. But You didn't miss
4: anything, mate, honestly. It well, was an awful game.
3: I, I kind of cast my eye over to this because I had two TVs on because I had uh, on as well as Wednesday. So... Put United on the small TV. Cast my eye over, and Dan Jebison was coming on, a player yeah. who you two saw play in the other week in the FA Youth Cup. Um, mm. What did you make of his performance, and, and how nice is it to see another young player sort of getting drip fed their, their mm. debut?
4: Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Um, I thought he made a real impact when he came on. Um, it, it's nice to see a player, you know, want to get in those areas, want to make that movement. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Rian Brewster since he came here. Obviously, still without his his first United goal. Um, and i've said it a few times he doesn't do enough off the ball for me um he does not look to get in those areas he don't make to you know don't look to make a run across the face of goal you know don't look to get away from his mark he kind of waits for the for the ball to come to him and you know it was nice to see jeberson not do that it was nice to see him you know try and make those runs in, into the 6 yard box get across the face of goal um you know get on the end of a header you know, it, it it was lovely to see and, you know, he came on for, what, 25 minutes of the game and I thought he played really well. And, you know, you wouldn't know, if, if you were a neutral watching that game for the first time, you wouldn't know the difference between the price tag of Ryan Brewster and the value of Daniel Jebberson because I thought Jefferson was excellent and I thought he did more in that 25 minutes than Brewster's done for the last, what, three, four games that he started in. So, yes, there's a lot excellent to see him come through and another... Excellent products of the academy. Obviously, me and, like you said, me and Joseph saw him play in the FA Youth Cup a few weeks back, um, scored twice in that game. Not that we forgot one of his goals, I promised Dan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was excellent in that game. And, you know, I thought he made a real, you know, he definitely didn't do himself any harm on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, and hopefully he features more in the last couple of games that we've got, because why not? You know, if, I, if it were up to me, I'd be throwing more of the young players out. I'd be sticking Zach Brunt in immediately. Um, I'd be sticking Dan Jebberson in. I'd be sticking Ndai in, Uh, maybe even a Yari, Um, potentially somebody like Femi Sariki as well, who had an excellent game the other day against Wigan. Um, So, yeah, I'd be sticking a number of the young players in because they're better than what we've got out there on the pitch at the moment.
0: So Sheffield United there with yet another defeat, and uh, really, as Chapper says, we can't get this season over quick enough. um Right with United and Wednesday done, it's over to Chappers, and as this is a vital local roundup, which decides the fate for almost all of our uh, our local sides, uh, it's a new track for him this week. It's the Rosedocks once again, but it says something. Chappers, take the floor.
4: That's very kind of you. I don't like change, Adfield, but hey, I'll go with it this time. Uh, one thing that won't change is where we're going to start. We're going to start in the Championship. And uh, Barnsley, well, they had already secured their playoff place um, and they hosted uh, champions, already confirmed champions in Norwich City. And again, a bit of a dead rubber game because the season was already confirmed for both those teams. But it was quite a good game. Corley Woodrow opening the scoring for the home side in the 24th minute. Emmy, uh, Emmy Buendia scoring almost immediately two minutes later. Um, to level things up. Barnsley went ahead just before half-time through Connor Chaplin in the 43rd. before Adam Ida in the 54th. Uh, pulled level again for Norwich. 2-2 that game finished, and that means that Barnsley finished fifth in the table and will play Swansea City, as we'll come on to in a little bit in the first leg, well, in the playoffs uh, semifinals. Uh, sticking it in the championship, and as we've already discussed, Rotherham, well, they held on to a lead for so long uh, in their game, vital game against Cardiff City, that they couldn't quite hold on to see it out. Lewis Wing opened the scoring in the eighth minute with a, a wonderful volley uh, from around 20 yards. Uh, that, well, it was fantastic, great, great connection, great goal. Um, and the story of Rotherham's season really—they had chance after chance after chance after chance, didn't take any of them, and were made to pay. Marlon Pack scoring a late equaliser in the 88th minute uh, to ruin uh, Rotherham's chances of staying up. If they'd have held on to that game, Rotherham would have stayed up. As Derby and Sheffield Wednesday only drew. Uh, moving down into League One and, uh, well, Donny's season has been over for a number of weeks now after what has been a shocking um, last 15 games or so for Rovers. And it was also a last game, last and final game for Rovers stalwart James Coppinger. Unfortunately, he uh, didn't quite go out uh, in glory. They hosted uh, Peterborough United, who had already been promoted automatically uh, and were on the wrong end of a 4-1 spanking. Mo set in the sixth minute and Niall Mason uh, in the 8th minute making it uh, 2-0 in quick succession uh, for Peterborough. They soon made it 3 through Idris Kanu in the 16th and Ricky J. Jones in the 39th made it 4-0 uh, to Peterborough. Tyrese John-Jules pulled one back uh, late on in the 91st minute for Rovers but really a consolation goal there. Uh, that result means Rovers finished 14th in the League 1 table. Um, like I say, a good season but poor end unfortunately has cost them. And finally moving down into the National League, Chesterfield who have had a bit of a, a rocky patch of late. They've lost two games, uh, but they made up for that with two 4-1 wins back-to-back, both home and away. First of all, away at Woking. Gavin Gunning in the seventh minute opened the scoring there. Marcus Denanga in the 20th, doubling the Spirats lead. Charlie Cooper pulled one back for Woking from the penalty spot in what was a bit of a controversial penalty, really. Uh, however, it didn't really matter. George Carline in the 40th uh, restored Chesterfield's two-goal cushion. Jack Clark, ground offer an excellent Chesterfield uh, display in the 88th and another performance as they hosted Kingsland on uh, the other night uh, Adi Youssef opened the scoring in the 28th minute Kingsland pulled on back pretty quickly though, 30, 31st minute, Sonny Carey uh, leveled things up, however Chesterfield really did dominate from there I and mean, then, George Carline again getting his second in two games in the 33rd, Joseph on in the 47th and Danny Rowe with an absolute thunderbolt of a free kick from 25-30 yards out leaving the Kings League goalkeeper absolutely no chance they are in the playoffs they've got a few games left I think they've got four games left to play it might be three games actually I can't remember uh, but they are just inside the playoffs on goal difference currently sitting sixth and um, in the National League table so a very uh, enthralling end to their season after what was a shocking, shocking start Games where work wonders there and that is your local roundup
2: This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum.
0: Not to come on tonight's Football Forum, it's playoff previews for us as we take a look through the Championship League One and League Two. And it's FA Cup final weekend. Will it be the Blues or the Foxes? We'll predict that. So onwards we go to the top stories, and uh, well, there are none this week because our focus is on finishing up all the EFL and uh, well, the Premier League. I'll just give you the latest on that because Manchester City have now been crowned champions. Uh, Leicester beating Man United on Sunday means that Man United cannot can no longer catch Manchester City, so the Citizens are once again Premier League. Champions. Uh, as far as relegations concerned, United, you, you know what comes next. Uh, West Brom are also down. They lost 3-0 against Arsenal on Sunday night. And uh, Fulham join United and West Brom to complete the relegation places as they lost 2-0 at Burnley on Monday night. So uh, with three games to go, all three teams are going down. Um, as far as who's coming up, well, we know that Norwich are going up as champions. Watford promoted. And in the playoffs, it is Brentford who finished third, Swansea in fourth. Barnsley, as you heard from Chappers there, got fifth. And Bournemouth with that 3-0 defeat against Wickham, finished sixth. Now, we know Wickham, Rotherham and Wednesday are down. Uh, So let's talk playoffs then with the championship because Bournemouth are going to play Brentford. But our focus will start with Barnsley uh, as a side that haven't been in the top flight since 1998, uh, are looking to return back for the first time in 23 years. And uh, our resident Reds expert, Lewis Robinson, uh, has his reaction to the playoffs. Final game of the season, 2-2 against Norwich, obviously, the, the championship trophy was at Oakwell, not for you, but a 2-2 against the league champions, even though their foot might not have been completely on the gas, not a bad result.
7: No, not a bad result at all. And I think it highlights why we are where we are. You know, we, we, we've we've held our own against a squad that's considerably better than ours on paper, you got to say. And um, that's credit to the to and Ishmael and credit to the team. Uh, and it's yeah, it's just it's just
0: a snippet of what it's been like all season. And it's quite a remarkable run because obviously uh, we'll review the season of Barnsley in a few weeks' time when the season's finally come to an end. But Daryl DK in particular, and everyone's been going crazy over him. Obviously coming from Orlando City, um, he would have been playing alongside Alexandre Pato um but in england he's still taken like a duck to water um why is he been so good for you because obviously you've got some pretty good attacking options already but it's added another dimension to your to your attacking lineup
7: yeah i think he fits into our style of play pretty well with the physical attributes he's got you know he's he's got a he's got an engine which you need in our attack uh, with the press that we uh, implement and yeah, he does a good job for us in terms of holding the ball up, yet he can also spearhead the attack and uh, and create something out of nothing. And I think he's won point on his own. Uh, I, I genuinely don't think we would be where we are without him. Um, he's Like I said, he's, he's won games on his own, especially the Birmingham game sticks in mind. It was nil-nil. He rifles one in the top corner from a, a ridiculous angle and you get your three points. So, yeah, he's definitely... Um, been a massive part of why we are where we are and i think it's just the fact that he's got all the attributes and along with the the coaching and the players around him he's he's, he's blended in pretty well
0: so obviously swansea is the next task Um season goes into overtime these playoffs for south yorkshire sides don't usually especially in the championship don't usually tend to be very pleasing i mean obviously wednesday uh um a few years ago and it's it's really rather rare this because barnsley haven't been in the premier league since now this is i've got to get my memory it's definitely since before i was born 1998 i think i'm right in saying uh, was the last time barnsley in the prem could be back there in not in three games time but swansea are going to be an interesting test for you Um, what have you made to them uh, in the two meetings that you've had so far this season,
7: yeah, they're a very good side. That goes without saying. Premier League credentials, um, players of Premier League quality. Uh, I think they've got that know how. You know, they've got a team that's got a good blend of youth and older heads. Think Andre Ayu is a key, a key man for them. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a case of um, we, we've got, we've got to, we've got to not let ourselves down. We've got to play to the best we can play. And not worry too much about what Swansea can bring, but from the from the meetings we've had with them in the in the in this season, I've been very impressed. I thought the game at the Liberty, I think it was uh, in the Christmas period. I thought we were unlucky not to get anything more from that game. Uh, I think the pitch was a pretty shoddy pitch at the time. They relayed it straight after our game, so that says everything you need to know about that. But yeah, the game at Oakwell, they, they played us off the park. I think they were one of the sides that. Um, You could tell they were a very good side. Um, But we're further along our development now. Um, A lot's changed since that meeting at Oakwell. And hopefully, as I said, we can play to
0: the best of our
7: abilities and uh, and just have enough against them.
0: Well, like we say, two defeats so far this season, both 2-0 score lines. There's no time like the present to to change that. Um, The first game for Barnsley up against Swansea it is the home leg on uh, Monday night, eight fifteen kickoff. Now, obviously, we won't know until tomorrow because obviously that ballot's going out. But I assume you've got your name in the hat for the ballot.
7: Yeah, it'd be it'd be great to be able to go. But obviously, I'm not trying to get my hopes up because it's very, you know, the the odds are against you as such. But yeah, it it mean it'd mean everything to be able to go to that game and go and support this team because it's been. The straight, it's been bittersweet in a way because obviously it's been brilliant to see this team do what they've done this season. It's it's provided a huge lift for me personally, and I think for many other fans in in these times. But but the, the bittersweet element is that obviously we've not been able to see this team in person. We haven't been able to enjoy it as we probably normally would, and just to give our support to the to the team, you know, to Ishmael and to the even some of the players we haven't seen uh, play in person, the new signings. So yeah, it'd be it'd be really nice, even if I don't get to go. For, the, for, for Barnsley fans to, you know, admire this team and show their support.
0: Well, obviously, 4,000 of the lucky Barnsley fans will be able to uh, to watch them on Monday night. Do you rate your chances going into the playoffs? Because obviously, that's, that 2 2 against Norwich, and obviously coupled with Bournemouth losing 3 0 against Wickham, means that you've got fifth. Bournemouth are playing Brentford. You've got Swansea. Do you think you've got a chance of? well let, let's not get our hopes up yet and say you you've got a chance of going up what about making it to Wembley is there a reasonable chance there's every
7: chance we can get to Wembley you know we, we've 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 defied the expectation all season we were minutes away from being relegated last season and now we're in the playoffs so i think we're very much capable of it it's not going to be easy we know that the teams around there are in there for a reason but why not? Why why can't we do it? You know, if we if we can play to the best of our ability, as I've mentioned, and really compete with these sides, we, we can be a force. We, we can be a threat to any team in this division. Um. So why not?
0: And what about Wembley then? If and it is a big if because let's be fair, Brentford and Bournemouth have been strong sides so far this season. Do you think that you can get and rise above? both Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday and be the Kings of South Yorkshire in the Premier League next season.
7: Like you say, it is a big if, and I've got to reiterate that, a big if. But if
0: we if we get to Wembley, it's a one-off game.
7: It's a little bit of a, you know, it's there's no game like it in English football. In world football, there's no game like the playoff final. It's one of my favourites to watch. I've never seen Boundsley in one, in a championship playoff final it would just be incredible it'd be the icing on top of what has been an incredible season but long way to go yeah but if if we got there again why not you know if we can play to we've 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 had a success there in the past you referenced you you know we've had the, the two Wembley wins in one season less than five years ago so let's just go for it. Let's just play with no fear and just play to the best of our abilities and see where that takes us. That's all we can do.
0: So a score prediction then, because obviously we'll speak to you next week after the first leg. But what are you thinking in terms of Monday night? Do you see Barnsley taking a lead down to the Liberty?
7: I don't actually. And I think it's going to be a difficult... I think the... Return of fans is going to add another element. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the players respond. You can only imagine that it probably would stoke them up even more. But then you've got to think, will the fans start to get on their backs if you know, is that is that helped us this season having no fans and let those young players play without the pressure of seeing ten thousand supporters every week? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be interesting to see what how that plays a part, but with that thrown in and the pressure at stake, I think, if I'm honest, I think we'll lose the first leg. But that's not saying that we'll lose the tie overall. Just knowing this team, we can pull something out. We can pull something special out at the Liberty. But obviously, I, the ideal situation is we, we breeze through both legs and we're in the playoff final. I can't see that happening. I can just see us losing this home leg and then pulling something special out of the Liberty. But a score, I'll go 2-1 to Swansea.
0: So 2-1 Swansea in the first leg. And we will obviously bring um, your reaction to Monday night's game and look ahead to the second leg next week. And obviously, if Barnsley uh, do make it to the playoff final, we will have extended coverage of that. Lewis, mate, great to speak to you as ever. And uh, fingers crossed Barnsley uh, can prove you wrong on Monday night. Me too. I hope so. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Lewis. Great to have him on the programme as ever. And he'll be back next week uh, to talk us through the second leg. Gentlemen, uh, Bournemouth against Brentford and Barnsley against Swansea. Obviously, we'll preview these. And um, it's Monday night, if I'm right, where Bournemouth and Brentford will play at 6 o'clock. Barnsley will play Swansea at 8.15. And Connor, it's two pretty tasty
3: uh, playoffs. Yeah, I won't go into too much detail about Barnsley because obviously Lewis has just done that for us. But Swansea, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. Obviously, I think they're the team that everybody in the playoffs would have probably wanted to face Um, in terms of their recent form. You know, they didn't finish the season too strongly. Uh, You know, they won one of the last five games. Uh, They went on a four-match losing streak in March and April. Um, That was broke up by a win over Millwall and a win over Wednesday. Um, but then back to not great ways by drawing against Wickham and then losing it onto QPR. So this Swansea team is is not a team full of confidence at the minute. It'll be interesting to see whether Steve Cooper goes back to the back three that brought them success earlier in the season. I know he ditched it, um, but the back four's not really worked out either for Swansea, so um, that'll be interesting to, to see that one. And, and as far as Brentford and Bournemouth go, they played out an absolute thriller. Um, Brentford's ground 2-2 it was one of the best games of the Championship this season, there's so much quality on display in that game and obviously I think Bournemouth have have not looked as good as they should have done at times this season, Um, especially under Jason Tindall and they've had two very inexperienced managers manage them, I don't really trust that Jonathan Woodgate is going to be the man to get them over the line, I know he's done pretty well so far in terms of his results but I think he's got such a good squad to work with that he still hasn't convinced me you know from the guy that struggled so much at Middlesbrough to getting a tune out of these players which I think most decent managers at this level could do he's not convinced me that he's the man to get them over the line and I think that Brentford I mean, you could go two ways with cliches here. You could say, "Oh, they always bottle it," or you could say, "Last season's experience will make them stronger." Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which side of the fence I'm going to sit on with that. But um, you know, so much quality in this Brentford team. They've changed system. They've gone to a three at the back with Christian Norgaard as a centre back, which is not something that I anticipated seeing. But from what I've seen, and by all accounts, Noard done really well in that position. Um, and you know, they seem to be a lot better now with that system. So I back Brentford to get through this one. And and if if you want my opinion on the other one, I think, I think Barnsley are going to get through it as well. So it'll be a
0: Barnsley Brentford playoff final for Connor. Uh, Chappers, um, obviously unpredictable will be sort of divided up between uh, the playoffs and a couple of other games that are happening as well. Um, which way are you seeing these two ties going?
4: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really uh, tight one between um Brentford and Bournemouth. But I think Barnsley have, have got a great opportunity to, to get to the final here. Um, like like Connor says, Swansea's form has been absolutely well, it's been very, very average um since March. And I think they've got a great chance on, on, on Monday night to to get a result um in front of their home fans. I think they'll I think they'll be happy playing at home first. Um, But I think they really need to make that advantage pay. Um, And I I do think Barnsley will do that. I think they might win. I don't know in terms of score, but I think it might be something like 2-0 Barnsley. Swansea will obviously be up for it. You know, it's a big game. Of course, they'll be up for it. But I think Barnsley will will have enough on on Monday. Um, In terms of Brentford-Bournemouth, I think this is a really tricky one because it sounds really poor of me, but it genuinely does depend on which Bournemouth and Brentford sides turn up. Uh, Brentford have, have well both teams have played some outstanding stuff this season um, but at the same time both teams have, have put in their poor poor performances this season um, and obviously we know what happened last season with Brentford in the playoffs um, maybe they'll have that in the back of their mind that Lightning might strike twice but I do think I think Bournemouth are going to have slightly too much over two legs I think they they have that ability to put in a uh, a wonderful performance when it really matters. And I think Bournemouth might just do it. So I'm going to say Barnsley and Bournemouth in the final.
0: Right. So uh, Connor's going Brentford, Barnsley. Chappers is going Bournemouth, Barnsley. And I, you know, what? I reckon, I reckon it's going to be Bournemouth, Swansea. And I know this is not going to go down well with Lewis or uh, Barnsley fans, but I don't think Barnsley are going to do it somehow. So I'm going to say Bournemouth-Swansea in the playoff final. And uh, we know I'm probably going to get that wrong. As these two first legs are both part of Unpredictable, let's get the scores in now uh, while we're covering them. So uh, Bournemouth-Brentford is the first. Uh, six o'clock on Monday night, all on Sky. Uh, Connor?
3: Sorry, did you say Bournemouth-Brentford? Yep. Yep. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. I think... There's going to be goals, um, just whether there's loads of goals, it's always difficult in first legs of playoff games because you you often get that, um, sort of game where you players are a bit nervous. It's KJ, the away team sits behind the ball to try and take an advantage back to to the home ground. I think Brentford will manage to get a draw in the first leg, um, and take it back to Griffin Park. I I think it'll be 1 1. So a 1-1 between Bournemouth and Brentford for Connor.
0: I'm going to go 2-1 Bournemouth. I think they'll uh, they'll do well in the first leg and then they'll uh, they'll hold on to that lead at the Brentford Community Stadium. So 1-1, 2-1 Bournemouth for me and Chappers.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go for a Bournemouth win here as well. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0 Bournemouth um in this one. I think they'll leave I think they'll try and leave it with Brentford, um, will leave it for them to have all to do, um, in the second leg. So I think they'll try and press home a home advantage 2 0 Bournemouth.
0: So a 2 0 Bournemouth victory for Chappers. And while we're at it, Barnsley up against Swansea follows at 8 15 at Oakwell. Now I'm going 1 0 Swansea. I don't think Barnsley will do anything until the second leg. 1 0 Swansea for me, Chappers.
4: Well, like I said a minute ago, I'm going to go two nil Barnsley in this one. I think also similar to Bournemouth, I think they'll try and um, leave Swansea with it all too in the second leg, um, and I think they'll really try and um, come out of the come out of the traps uh, quickly at two nil Two nil Barnsley, even
3: two nil Barnsley and Connor. Yeah, I'm going to go two one Barnsley. Um, I think the high line that Barnsley play will make them concede a goal. I actually think that Swansea might take the lead, um, but Barnsley. Being as physical and intense as they are, I get a feeling they might score an equaliser from a set piece, and then maybe win it with 15 minutes to go. So, two one to Barnsley.
0: Two one Barnsley for Connor, and that is the championship done and dusted. And funny enough, I don't know if you were seeing on our uh, our social medias. Obviously, we predicted the top six and the bottom three at the start of the season. Now, I don't know what's happening. Whether we're going to take uh, those uh, predictions. And class them as unpredictable results and add the scores onto them. Um, But what I can tell you is that uh, I lost that. Hold on. I've got them here. And um, yeah, so for the championship, uh, Connor actually got 20 points because he got four spot on. So that's five points apiece. And then he got one that was sort of either in the top two, in the playoffs or in the bottom three. Uh, Chappers, you got four in that area so you got eight and i only got one in the area so i get two so if you're adding the unpredictable onto that which we might um connor wins that one moving onwards to league one we'll do that in just a second bringing you the
2: latest football news from sheffield and beyond this is shoe football forum
0: Thanks for joining us here on Football Forum. Right. Moving onwards to League One, where Hull are champions. Peterborough went up with the P next to the name. Uh, It's Blackpool in third, Sunderland in fourth, Lincoln in fifth, and Oxford United got that final playoff spot in sixth. Now, for Sunderland, we call on our old Black Cats expert, and that's Andy Gordon. Well, a 1-1 on the final day. Okay, it was against... already relegated Northampton and in fact your fourth place had already been sealed Um, actually no it hadn't I I tell a lie it hadn't been sealed but uh, but fourth place and a 1-1 draw two goals in the last sort of last seven minutes of normal time Um, do you think on balance that a 1-1
5: was the right result on Sunday I mean it's it's a tough one to say Um, as you say it was definitely an improvement on last season with the, the season so frustratingly curtailed at the end um, the one one at home in Northampton on well was Sunday wasn't it? It felt like watching the game. It felt like we weren't particularly bothered. Um, I know going into the game, I wasn't massively bothered. I thought I'd quite like to have avoided Blackpool in the playoffs as we have. Um, I'm quite content with Lincoln. I feel relatively confident about that. I mean, it's technically sort of cup football. Anything can happen over over those two sets of ninety minutes, but. I'd fancy more against Lincoln than Blackpool, especially after Blackpool. Uh, where well, we struggled against them twice in the last couple of couple of weeks, couple of months, sort of thing. Um, the one one with Northampton felt a lot like we weren't particularly fussed um, during the ninety minutes. I know we we dominated, had a lot more chances, but didn't look too fussed about really, really taking them. It took a very lucky Northampton goal to uh to spark us going and then scoring a very lucky goal of our of our own really i don't know if you've seen the goals but the northampton goal was a deflected free kick and our goal rebounded off both posts before falling into the path of carl winchester so so whoever had uh, both teams to score on sunday was probably the luckiest punter in the in the country but <laughs> but uh yeah it felt like we went too fast the plymouth game the weekend before was maybe more encouraging because i don't know if you're aware but charlie white missed out on that game Potentially, probably rested for the playoffs, and uh, and Ross Stewart, the big lad we've signed from Ross County, scored a nice goal as we won three-one away down at uh, down at Plymouth. So that was a bit more encouraging after the the barren run of results.
0: Well, as you say, obviously Lincoln City are the uh, the next opposition that you face and uh, stand in your way of Wembley. And in all honesty, it's uh, you've already played them three times so far this season. Obviously, two in the league and one in the. Uh, the pizza trophy as, as we should properly call it i mean <laughs> uh it's still the paint pot to everyone else um now lincoln have been up there yourselves have been up there um but you thumped him 4-0 in fact um back mm. in uh, in december obviously a 1-1 draw in the uh in the pizza trophy a 5-3 penalty victory though and then a 1-1 up at the stadium of Light. so it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, you've not lost to them all season. So in those three uh, meetings, do you think you can get to Wembley? Uh,
5: as I said, I feel, I feel more confident playing Lincoln than I would Blackpool um, over the two legs. As you say, we've we played them the three times this season. and To beat them 4-0 at their place felt like, um, well, it feels quite nice going into it. I know Lincoln this season, obviously, they've finished right up there in terms of the playoffs. But they've done better against the um, the teams further down the table than we have with, you know, they've they've been ruthless with regard to picking up the points that they should have been winning, where we've dropped a few daft points over the course of the season. Um, and as I say, not playing Blackpool is ideal. I mean, they beat us twice in 10 days looking at it here um, at the back end of April. So I feel like you'd maybe try, look to avoid them. Um, but if we beat Lincoln... Over the two legs, we'll obviously play another Blackpool of Oxford. There's been a little bit of recent history there um, with the two clubs. So, so yeah, either way, I suppose it could be a, a feisty 90 minutes at Wembley should we get that far.
0: Indeed. And obviously, the first leg is a week, as we're recording this on Tuesday. It's a week tomorrow, so uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday the 16th. And in all honesty, do you think, ideally, even though Sunderland have got into the playoffs once more, realistically, you look at Hull and they're only they're only 12 points ahead. Peterborough, we're only 10 points ahead. And you look at how many you've drawn. I mean, you've drawn more in League One than anyone else. 17 times uh, in stalemates. I mean, you've only lost nine, so you've lost less than any... Uh, in fact, yeah, you've lost any uh, fewer than any other team in the league. So that's pretty decent. But
5: ideally a few of them draws could have done with being victories yeah you're right and it it was a really frustrating running because before we played peterborough at their place um it was in our hands even going to peterborough and drawing although i felt we were the better team in the 90 minutes i was quite content with the draw because it was still in our hands i know we had a really tough running as i've mentioned a couple of times already playing blackpool twice was always going to be tough we had to play charlton hull Um, But it was the seven games without a win in the league. We obviously drew away at Peterborough, as I've mentioned. We got beat at home off Charlton, lost away at Wigan. And it was when we lost away at Wigan that it really felt like we'd, well, almost like we'd done a Peterborough (laughs) over the last few seasons. I know they've always tended to sort of bottle it towards the end of the season. Um, And fair play to them this season. They've got over the line relatively comfortably. But as I say, it was those seven games without a win that really condemned us to certainly playing in the playoffs. but, I mean, we all know the play- what the playoffs are like. It's almost impossible to predict at times, but I'd fancy us as much as any of the other teams in there. So hopefully we can get over the line this time.
0: Well, uh, we're hoping then for a Sunderland-Oxford final, if you do make it that far. And let's be fair, regardless <laughs> of what happens in the playoffs, you're going to be featured a lot if we do a fourth series of football for them, because you're going to
5: be playing United or Wednesday, one of the two. Yes, um, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's nice that... Uh, <laughs> It was quite, I mean, I'd rather Wednesday stayed up and we went up and had them both, but it'll be nice to have a Sheffield the way there next season, regardless. And <laughs> potentially Rotherham as well, I suppose. <laughs>
0: exactly. And Donny as well. So you could have the lot in League One. Um, True, but mate, it's, be. been, it's uh, great to have you on the programme as ever. And uh, we will speak to you once again next week uh, after the first leg.
5: Sounds good to me, mate. Hopefully uh, we will be in a good mood. But that remains to be seen. <laughs> Big thanks to Andy for joining us. He's back next week as
0: well. Rochdale, Northampton, Swindon, and Bristol Rovers all down, and we know that. So League One playoffs, gentlemen, it's Oxford against Blackpool and it's Lincoln against Sunderland. Um, now we're not gonna predict the score lines for these, uh, but we will predict who we think is gonna be in the playoff final. And Connor, um andy may be our league one correspondent but uh, you've got plenty of expertise when it comes to the third tier as well or you will have after next well season. yeah
3: i will have next season i can't say i'm an expert this season but you know i am looking forward to seeing this well i don't get to see much league one football because there's not enough on for me i think there should be a lot more league one and league two football on um it's only really the international break that you get to see it and you know, I, I, I listen to podcasts and I read stuff, so you, you tend to go on hearsay a lot of the time. But I am looking forward to seeing Morgan Rogers and Brennan Johnson play for Lincoln and Lewis Monsmer. Um They're two Rogers and um Johnson are two players I've, I've seen for Lincoln before. Um It was a game at Gillingham, and Rogers was absolutely brilliant. He, both both of those players are on loan, so you do wonder if they don't manage to keep them next season. If they go up, how they're going to do? If they if they do go up. Sunderland have been in poor form in terms of results but by all accounts the performances haven't been terrible. Lee Johnson has had a good impact there so this one is possibly for me the, the hardest one to pick um, in terms of who's going to go through. I think it's going to go to penalties. I think it's tough to, to say Um who's going to do it. I think I'm going to go Sunderland.
4: Adfield, you're on mute. I can't oh, hear no. you.
3: I uh... <laughs> It's been a
0: long series. It's been a long series. Chappers, Oxford against Blackpool. Yeah, I think this is a really difficult one to call. Um, Blackpool have had an excellent season, you know, culminating in
4: winning their last four games. Um, But they they did go through spells of of dropping a few points, actually. In in a way, it was almost like they had Lee Johnson in charge, uh, you know, kind of streaky Lee Johnson, etc. Because they would go through patches where they'd win quite a few games, but then they wouldn't pick up three points for a while. You know, they've drawn a lot this season. They've not lost that many games at all. And it's the fact they've drawn so many that's put them in the position that they are. Um, Oxford, on the other hand, obviously snuck into the playoffs on the final day. I think it was Portsmouth who were in in the driving seat before and then they decided to lose on the final day. So really did throw it away. Um, So Oxford sneaking into the playoffs. Um, Again, you know, they were there last season, um, didn't quite make it last season, uh, but they've had an excellent end end to their last season. They've won six out of the last seven. Um, which has been fantastic for them. Um, They had a bit of a rough, you know, New Year, well, early March time, late February, early March. Um, But I think this is going to be a really close one. I think Blackpool over two legs will probably just have enough, but you can never write that Oxford United team out because they, they, like I say, they go into this with, with really excellent form, but in all honesty, so do Blackpool. So I think this one will be really close, but I think Blackpool will just sneak it over two legs.
0: So Football Forum goes Blackpool against Sunderland in the League One playoff final. And uh, onwards we go to League Two and the previews for the playoffs. We know by now that Cheltenham have been crowned champions. Cambridge and Bolton went up in second and third. Southend and Grimsby exit the Football League. And it's Morecambe in fourth, Forest Green in sixth. Trammere Rovers in seventh and Padre Gamond is back in playoff action with Newport County in fifth. Um now we're gonna to come to come on to Padre Gamond in a little minute. Um but Connor um has his eye on Trammere against Morecambe.
3: Yeah, this this excites me because Tramir have made the very bold decision of sacking Keith Hill after the end of the season before a playoff campaign. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. We've seen managers... Why would you do that? Well, I think... Well, when I looked at the response to it on Twitter, pretty much every Tramnia fan agreed with the decision. Really? Yeah. Because apparently the playing style had got stale. I saw Um, that as well, Connor. Yeah, and I saw a piece in The Athletic, which I've not actually read yet, which I need to read, but apparently training had gone stale. And I think that the performances were just starting to come down and start trending trend in the wrong direction. I mean, I'm looking at, uh, looking at who scored now, their game against Colchester last game this season. Uh, the, David Nugent plays for him as well, though he's on loan from Preston. Uh, but against Tranmere, Colchester... Tranmere? Yeah. Goodness me, against he must Colchester, be about
4: 37 now, David Nugent. He's, no, he's not... A, I think. Oh, well, there you are, we far yeah.
3: off. <laughs> against Colchester, it finished 0-0. Tranmere had five shots, Colchester had six. So I don't think that's... You know, that was a that was much of a thriller... Um interestingly, Morecambe in their last game of the season, they beat Bradford 2-0. They had 28% possession and they had a pass completion percentage of 49%. And they have the lowest average possession in League Two by a country mile. They've got 43.7% average possession. The second lowest is Stevenage with 47.2%. It's way, way cut off. So I think this Trang- this morecam side, I've not seen them all season, I'll confess to that. But I think we're going to expect a very direct performance and I'm looking forward to seeing Carlos Mendez Gomez, who's a man who's talked about quite a lot. He's got a fantastic name. There's no way he should be playing for Morecambe with that name, um, but he's had a fantastic season playing on that left-hand side. Um, he scored 15 goals, got five assists. Apparently Rangers of been linked with him. He's 22 years old, so that's going to be an interesting one. I am excited for this game. That That is, that
0: is an understatement, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Connor Thorpe, he, he's been on about this game all week. Tranmere against Morecambe, he's proper up for it. And, Chappers, that means that uh, we get to talk Padre Gamond. Now, I think because I checked up with Connor, who used to do our photos on the programme, and I think I pronounce it wrong and I've done it all the time. Those people who always called it um,
3: Padre. Is it Padre?
0: Padraig Amond is right, not Amond, it's Amond, I think, so uh, I look the fool, but we call him Padraig Amond on this programme, and uh, I think I'm right in saying, when we did this first series, Forest Green and Newport met in a playoff semi-final for League Two, so two years on, and it's the same story again.
4: Yeah, another interesting tie here, Um, I I think over two legs, Newport are probably going to have enough, if I'm being honest. Um, but they 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 have been in quite a good form, but they've drawn a lot recently. They they've only won sorry lost one game since uh, the start of April, which is which has been excellent. But in that time, they've drawn four of them. So um, they have drawn quite a few few games. Forest Green, on the other hand, again they're just such an, an odd team. They they went through a period, you know, back end of well from from mid March to mid April where they, they didn't win a game at all. You know, they went from the 13th of March. To the 17th of April without winning, um, and and they really have been in such odd form. But they had an excellent start to their season, um, so I, I think this is a really interesting one. But I think over two legs, Newport's going to have it. Obviously, they both finished on the same points total. In fact, all three of them: Newport, Forest Green, and Chelmer in seventh, all finished on 73. Um, so I do think this might be one of the closest games in the playoffs. But I think Newport are going to do it, and I think they will be playing at Wembley in a few weeks' time.
0: So, Morecambe against Newport is our League 2 prediction. And uh, there's a couple more unpredictable games to come in just a minute.
2: Joseph, Josh and Connor, this is Football Forum, only on Shoe Radio.
0: we Football Forum here on Spotify and great to have your company. So, it is on to... The United preview, although there's no real point because we know what's going to happen. Everton up against United, Sunday 7.15, if you so wish to watch it. Uh, I certainly probably won't uh, because I've got better things to do with my time. Um, But a quick score prediction between United and Everton, Chappers.
4: Uh, Well, I can tell you which way the game's going. Um, there's there's no so can uh, I there's no surprise about that and obviously we're a, we're away for a moment I, I don't know if we're actually worse away or we're worse at home I think we're equally as bad at both Um so I'm going to say Everton have struggled to score really of late uh, but that obviously that is going to change on on Sunday night so I'm going to say three 0 Everton because we can't possibly score um, right three nil we don't Everton. shoot
0: no, so I'll, give you, I'll give you that. 3-0 Everton for Chappers, one of the teams that uh, is after Sanderberger. Uh, Connor?
3: Yeah, Everton are pretty poor, very poor at home, really. But unfortunately, Sheffield United are much worse away um, than Everton are at home. I mean, there's, like, like I said, Chappers, there's not too much of a difference, although I'm pretty sure United are a lot better, well, a fair bit better at home, because um, they've only won one away. Uh, but I'm going for a 2-0 Everton win. I don't think this game's going to be very exciting. Uh it's it's a proper dead rubber really, isn't it? Um Everton think I've got top of chance of getting top 7, haven't they? Or top 6, but you know, I think it'll be comfortable enough for Everton without being sort of
0: thrilling. Right, so a 2-0 for Everton for Connor and I've gone exactly the same 2-0 Everton as well. Uh now we'll come on to the scores on the doors for Unpredictable in a little minute, but uh, it just came through uh, mine and Connor's doors uh, about an hour ago. The Euro 2020 guide, and that means Football Forum has Euro 2021 covered. That mountain that they
3: need to climb is getting steeper every week. I I, honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2-1 defeat away at the Figgin.
4: Connor, bigger, <laughs> bigger, bigger. I don't know <laughs> where that have from. Time from? Time. The biggest guess.
0: Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness, mate. So
3: <laughs> <bazillion>. <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was oh, awful. Connor Thorpe. It was uh, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal, <laughs> <laughs> Card- Card- Cardinal wow. already. Cardinal I can't <laughs> believe I've just said that.
0: <laughs> We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Thursdays from 5.15, only on Shoe Radio. Yes, Football Forum back next week. Playoffs galore and looking ahead to the Euros later on this month. Right, unpredictable scores and Chappers won again. What is going on with him? 11 points. I'm coming back. Indeed, 11 points for yourself and uh, that came in the form of getting palace 2-0 spot on so did i um but uh, i get 7 I'm this week's loser connor has 8 which means after 35 rounds here's how we stand chappers 2-2-9 two, two, so not too bad Eight's hey, not too bad at all that i'll take that not too bad indeed i'm 2-6-3 and connor is now 10 points clear two seven three. as we go into round number 36. We've pretty much done it all, but there's one fixture left and that is the FA cup final. Chelsea up against Leicester, uh, Saturday five 15 BT's last ever FA cup, uh, game. They got the coverage when they started the channels and it's their last ever FA cup game. They've, uh, they've served me well down the years. um, Not mentioning the obvious. um, But this is how it finishes after 90 minutes. Forget extra time. 90-minute scoreline. You've got to get it right. Connor?
3: Um, It's a tough one. Mm, I think it's going to be tight. Um, And I think Chelsea will probably just edge it. I think it'll be 1-0 to Chelsea uh, after normal time.
0: 1-0 Chelsea to Connor. I am going to go 2-0 Chelsea I can't imagine Leicester winning this one. Chelsea 2 0 for me and Chappers to finish us off.
4: Yeah, I think it'd be close. Um, but I am going to go 2 1 Chelsea. I think Leicester will score. They've got a goal in them. And if Chelsea uh, defend like they did against Arsenal the other day and give them a goal, then uh, they've always got a chance
0: of scoring. 2 1 Chelsea. 2 1 Chelsea for Chappers. You see, I didn't forget about you this week, did I? Oh,
4: that's very nice of you.
0: Um, right. That's just about it from Football Forum. Just before we go, time for the quiz question. And uh, well, we're looking for the five teams uh, that have got um, a player that's played every single minute, uh, outfield player so far this season. Guesses, gentlemen. Luton. No. We, this
3: is Not Borough. Si- we could sit here and just guess. I don't. I don't think that's going to be very, very beneficial. I, I don't know the answer. I can't really. <sighs> Barnsley. Max Not Barnesley. No. Oh, I'm gonna try and think
0: a championship. I'm not too sure. Well, I'll tell you, the one in League One and one of the League Two sides are in the playoffs.
3: Can you tell us the teams and then what we'll guess the player? I think that's probably the best way of doing it. Do you want to try that? Okay, yeah, fair we'll do enough. That. Yeah, we'll do um, that.
0: So the championship player is QPR. Rob Dickey. No.
3: Nope. Oh, oh, good shout. So confident, then and all. Um, that's a good shout. That. I'm um, just trying to think who chair. I'll nope.
4: say it earlier, chair.
0: I reckon it's Jeff Cameron. Nope. You've had three strikes. I'll yeah, put you out. You're i I'm not going to
3: keep
0: this. Johan Barbet. Oh. 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 Johan Barbet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in League One, Oxford.
3: Oh. Rob Atkinson. Nope. Oh. Uh, Josh Ruffles. Nope. No. no, three oh, strikes. Got injured. Out. Brannigan were out for about three months. What I'm on about? He nearly lost his, nearly lost his vision.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a shocker. More centre back.
4: Elliot Moore. I was going to say Elliot Moore.
0: Moore. Uh, from League Two, you're looking for one from Cheltenham, one from Tranmere, and one from Bolton. Um, Bentosa. That's one. Yes. He's Finally got one.
3: Who are the others? Who are the other teams?
0: Uh, Tranmere and Bolton. Owen Doyle. Not Owen Doyle. Um, oh. Santos. Santos is right for Bolton. That's it. Uh, what team, sorry? Tranmere. Tranmere.
3: Tranmere. Um, Montha?
4: No. Nope. Jay Spearing.
3: No. Nope. Otis Khan.
0: Nope. One more guess. Connor? Uh,
3: just trying to think of Tranmere players. Um, O'Connor?
0: It is Clark? Peter Clark, I think his name is.
3: 39 years old, by the way. Yeah, he's played every wow. single minute. That is incredible, wow. that is. Wow, good <laughs> effort, that?
4: that. That's a good effort, that.
3: Lovely stuff. Right,
0: after all that, the show's probably about four hours long already. Uh, but from me, Chappers and Connor, we are back uh, next week, next Thursday night, 9 o'clock on Spotify. No more shoe radio. Um, all your usual podcast providers, and uh, plenty more playoff action on the way. So, for me and Chapman and Connor, and all the team are on Football Forum. And the one thing we can confirm from today is that Sheffield Wednesday have been relegated to League One. Good night.
3: Shoe Radio. So beautiful.
2: Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.